Yeah, Actually, just, was, just listen to the darn thing. I would be happy if we had, you know, 50 people listen yeah. to this darn thing. So. everybody welcome back to the cloud whispers this is david broussard and this is brian cheatham <laughs> we're glad to be back we are back once again we and we're trying some we're, pretty mugs too that's right we're trying something new in addition to uh, actually just podcasting this on audio like we've been doing before itunes google play soundcloud and now spotify so go out to one of those and subscribe uh, we are also going to, to uh, uh, see if we can go ahead and take this and share it as a video podcast as well uh, at the same time. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah, maybe we'll have our own website at some point, you know. Oh, my. Oh, now, now you're just talking crazy at this point in time. That's just <laughs> crazy talk. I mean, goodness, it's, it's it's good enough that we have, you know, hey, that we have a our own uh uh, URL. I mean, our own URL, our own Twitter handle. Okay. Yeah. Uh, complete yeah. with like I think three followers, uh, yeah. <laughs> which I think is unique. And we have a logo and, uh, now too, right? We, yeah, we have a logo. We're, we're going to have a new logo. We're going to debut very quickly as well. Uh, but uh, you know, hey, this is all fun stuff. So yeah. tell me, Brian, what have you been up to lately? I've been around a little bit, <laughs> to say the least. It's, it's been a least. while since we've had a chance to get together. Yeah. And why is that? What what have you been doing? Yeah, so I mean, you know, my passion, you know, back you know when we started this, I remember the first podcast that we did was was Office 365, you know, yeah. and that was that was my passion and learning as much as I could about that. It was it was something about the amount of information that was available to us and what Microsoft was building, you know, and I and I I got away from that. You know, I got into delivery. I got into the weeds and I got back into on-premises stuff. I got <laughs> it back into those sort of things. And I finally said, you know what? I'm going to have to make a change if I want to be, you know, working in the cloud with Microsoft 365. And, are and are you saying, Brian, that the cloud was whispering, come back, come back? It, Is that what yes, it was? That's exactly <laughs> what it was. So you're back working in the cloud. And it wasn't time. your voice. <laughs> no more, no, no more, no more uh, on-premise stuff for you anymore. Well, you know, you still have those those on-premises workloads. But what's really interesting is, uh, you know, especially the times that we are right now, um, people are asking those questions. Hey, yeah. I want to go cloud only. I want to do these things, and we're starting to see these things develop well enough in the cloud to where people have the capability of doing that. So it's it's a very interesting conversation right now. It really is an interesting conversation. I, I, I suspect that you probably also saw that Microsoft announced that their their business license, right? The one that's like six bucks a month. Um, and it's what I use for my my family for, for broussard-sa.net and my wife's trillandry.com. Uh, that is now gonna have Office, uh, it's gonna have Azure AD Premium P1 included in that. Really? Yeah, so it I actually have been thinking, should, mm, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna make my wife's computer domain joined, <laughs> and then force her to log in every, and she is going to just go smack, smack, smack. Stop making my life hard, right? <laughs> Give her single sign on for as many apps as she wants, right? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. would be that would be very very interesting. I'll have to experiment with that some more. Yeah, absolutely. so I'll tell you what, what I've been up to. Yeah, what have you been I, up to? I have been working 
really, really hard these last few weeks because no. a lot of organizations in this uh, this COVID epidemic, right, and pandemic are trying to enable work from home for their customers. Yeah. And uh, the the part of, 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 of the company that where I work at, right, uh, I'm with Catapult, you're now with, where was it again? Space. Tell everybody. There we go. See, we got to give them, got to give a plug to both sides here. Okay. That's right. Um, but uh, and, and I'm sure you guys are doing the exact same thing. We're helping a lot of customers enable work from home, accelerate deployments of Teams and Office 365 to make sure that their that their employees can do as much work remotely as possible. And yeah. so, uh, and doing a couple of webinars called Teams in a Crisis uh, that have been yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, going out and showing people how we can get them set up in, in Microsoft Teams in two days, which is yeah. pretty pretty amazing. Uh, now, it's a very limited implementation, but nonetheless, we can get them going. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, yeah, that's really good. We have offerings oh, like that I'm to sure where we do. Well, and, it's, and it's the stuff that we were talking about earlier, these these different flavors of, of Teams that you can get for six months, you know, for a six-month mm-hmm. trial. Uh, Microsoft is offering these sort of things to people. If you're a commercial, if you're government, yep. if you're a part, you know, if you're working with a partner or a CSP, you have the ability to get Teams for six months. Yeah, and um, it's, it's the E1 it's, license, right, which doesn't yep. give you office on the desktop. It's limited. Right, it's limited. But, hey, you know, if you haven't gone into Office 365 and you need to get it launched quickly yeah. so that people can work from home, this is a great way to, with minimal expense and no expense from a licensing standpoint, right, yeah. to get yourself into Office 365 and do it very, very quickly. And do something like this, right? Yeah, like, exactly. Right now, we like can do this. Yep. Which, and, and, and great, it's, it's really brought that up because, um, oh, uh, I forget who it was that that, that uh, tweeted about this. Um it wasn't Jeff Teeper. It was uh, one of the other Microsoft guys. I can't remember his name off the top of my head right now. But he said that they have gone out and looked at uh, how many uh, people were doing online meetings. And bef- back bef- in the first part of March, they were oh, averaging yeah. uh, 800 million minutes a day of online meetings and teams. Now they're averaging 2.4 billion minutes a day. I mean, I just don't – it's amazing. It is so amazing. The and, way the stuff is architected is just—it's crazy. A three hundred percent increase in usage in 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 a couple of weeks. And yeah. then the other piece of that that I found also fascinating is he says people are starting their meetings earlier and ending their meetings later, which might people think, oh my gosh, people are working more, and that might be true, but it also means that people have that flexibility. Yeah. So, you know, I, I joke that I have a I have a 14-year-old coworker, right? And I have a 19-year-old coworker. <laughs> one's in college and one's in eighth grade, right? But yeah. they're have they're having to learn from home. Yep. And so sometimes that means having to take a break and helping them with tech support, right? Yeah. Or helping them with their homework. And having that ability to do that is actually real. And, and, and hey, another one is if you got to go get groceries, right? That curbside window is 30 minutes. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> and yeah. and if, it, if the only thing they have is at one o'clock in the afternoon, well, then you're driving over there to get your groceries because that's what you have allowed for. So that ability to be more flexible is actually really powerful. 
Oh yeah, and and the five second commute just rocks, doesn't it? Yeah, no, right. Uh, the five second commute up the up the stairs. I well, trip over me, the dog every once in a while, you know, but that's so. So one of my coworkers said that his kids have started creating traffic traffic jams for him in the morning to recreate <laughs> the drive into work and everything. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, just, right. I say I say some of my coworkers are my traffic. No, I'm just kidding, everyone. <laughs> All right, so I saw an email earlier this week from the Department of Homeland Security, the the CISO group with them, that said that one of their concerns is with Microsoft giving away this free, very quick opening up of Office 365, that a lot of organizations are going to go out and they're going to turn it on, right? And that's great. It's really easy to turn it on. You set up AD Connect, right? I mean, you, you can you can just synchronize everything up there. Right. You could even just, you know, turn off your on-premise email and just use everything in the cloud if you had to. If you really had to get it launched fast, you can. But the concern they have is a lot of organizations aren't looking through the default settings that Office 365 yeah. has. And some of them, that might mean that people aren't necessarily as secure as they should be. Yep. And and so sure. we thought we thought viewing public, listening public, that it would be a great idea for us to talk about just a few of the things that we should go through and make sure are switched on to help protect your organization uh, from yeah. from things like phishing attacks and and uh, uh, data leakage and all kinds of and, and we're not going to get super complex. We're just literally talking about going in and going, what are the things you should just flip the switch on, right? Yeah. So, so Brian, you you had some ideas around um, identity um, and 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 multi-factor authentication. What are what are some of the things that you would do in that area by default, or go go change uh, from the defaults? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing, right, just by default, is just enabling MFA. I mean, yeah. that's you know ninety. I think I think the 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 number that I saw recently was ninety six percent. It's like 96% or something like that of the attacks that Microsoft has seen uh, mm-hmm. could have been, you know, basically, uh, you know, avoided it had, you know, you had some sort of multi-factor authentication. Um, and even if you have like a, a duo or something like that, or you have an RSA or something, you can, you can still use like a conditional access. I mean, you can use those sort of things, but Microsoft has a built-in multi-factor authentication mechanism. Mm-hmm. and even with the basic version, right, with the E1 version, even these free versions that yep. you can get, you can turn on MFA for all users, right? So yeah. you might have to you know, provide MFA quite often, you know, if you don't have uh, you know, networks and those sort of things configured that you can do with conditional access. But still, right. enabling MFA, right, is, you know, something that you something that you know and something that you have, right? I mean, it's it's a, it's a it's a good way to to a good first step, you know, to making sure that everything's secure, not and not just administrators. We want to do it with the users as well. Uh, so I think yeah, and, and uh, I that's think the, you the, said the in the past, and and I agree with you by the way that we think that every employee should be under MFA in an organization. But if you had to pick groups of employees, what would be some of the groups that you would say these people just absolutely have to be under MFA? Yeah, unfortunately, it's it's the ones that don't want it, right? <laughs> the executives, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. it's those those kind of people that that you know, I mean, let, let's be honest, right? Those are the people that have access to the big bank accounts, and 
That's you know, how they're, these they're the attacks targets happen. of the phishing attacks and the spear they're, phishing they're attacks, the right? That's yeah, exactly right. Your CEO, your CFO, your CIO, your administrators, yep. um, accounts payable clerks, right? Yep. HR people. Those yep. those would make sense to go ahead, even if you don't turn it on for everybody in your organization, yep. those people really need to have MFA yep. turned on. because uh, otherwise it's just a it's just such a potential security risk. Um, yep. And we are moving from that edge network model of, of, of security into a zero trust model, where yep. every time somebody is, is requesting something, we shouldn't trust that they are who they say they are. And yep. that's an MFA and conditional. And, and, and as you pointed out, it's really easy to turn it on, right? Yep. In, inside of it. Office 365. Okay, yep. so the next thing people will put out into Office 365 is email, right? That's yep. relatively straightforward. Even, even if it's brand new, you run the hybrid connector, you move the accounts out to the cloud, you let Microsoft move the email out there. What are some things you think people should go into Exchange and just make sure are configured that are, that are, that are not the defaults? Yeah, so, I mean, it starts off like we said before, you know, I mean, you've got, you've, you've got the things that are kind of built into or built alongside of the SMTP protocol, right? The SPF, the DKIM, the DMARC. You right. know, make sure all of that stuff is configured and it's, and it's you know, Office 365 is happy or Exchange Online is happy with the way that's configured. Now, so is, that, is that something that's hard to configure? So if, if you're a person who, you know, maybe you're like me. I, I know I, I, I'm a pretty smart guy, right? But I haven't run an exchange farm. And I know I can yeah. spell DKIM if you spot me the D and the K, right? <laughs> um, but if, if I had to go out and, and you talk about SPF and all that kind of stuff, and I'm like, uh, hey, those are cool acronyms. Yeah. Is, is it that hard to go out and Bing search up, you know, a, a, nah. a how-to step on how to do that stuff? It's, it's okay. not at all. And, and they actually make it easy enough to where some of these records you can just create by default by signing in. Uh, you know, to GoDaddy and cool. doing those sort of things. So, I mean, it, they make it easy on you. Uh, the, the DKIM setup's not very difficult either. We're just creating external DNS records to validate that you are who you say you are, right? I mean, which, that's really which what makes it, it harder to spoof your emails. Exactly. Which makes that's it harder. Exactly. Which makes it harder for your. Which makes it harder for people to try to spear fish you or fish you. That's right. That's right. Because okay. they're coming in from the outside saying, "Hey, you know, I'm so and so," and. And wait a minute, you're not because, you know, you don't have these particular signatures. So, I mean, I think those things are, are things you can do. Um, you know, we can look at the, the, the auto forwarding, you know, and some of the stuff that we were talking about, you know, auto forwarding to external domains, mm -hmm. you know, disallowing that. I think that was our, I think that was our very first podcast that we talked about yeah. how that's a bad idea. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's a bad idea to have that stuff enabled because, you know, that's how people can sit in the background and, and just, capture mail for a period of time. If we disallow that, then we don't have to worry about that sort of thing happening to begin with. Gotcha. Um, there's an auditing feature too, I think that you can turn on um, uh, that, that that helps as well. Um, it's the, the basically what they call the unified auditing. And mm -hmm. that basically lets you know about all the activity that's, ha that's happening in the exchange mailbox and things like that. Um, so those are good things that you can turn on. And then the protocols, right? All the protocols that you don't need. I mean, turn off IMAP, turn off POP, you know, turn that yeah. stuff off. Uh, I've, you know, I've heard people say that. Yeah, people You can don't disable need that, that stuff. stuff even better. And in PowerShell, um, a lot of the way that these attacks happen and, and people go in and they create these forwarding rules, mm -hmm. that stuff happens via PowerShell. Yeah. 
It happens to be a PowerShell. And that's exactly why Microsoft is moving away from, you know, a legacy type of authentication method. So you're starting to see that and come October, come October, you know, as far as I know, they haven't changed that date. You know, that's when uh, the whole legacy uh, protocol from an exchange perspective is going away. So Good. those are some things I think that, you know, that we, we can do on the exchange side of things. Um, in, you know, spoof intelligence, there's some other things we can do. Um, before we go to like an ATP where you're actually buying something else, right? An advanced threat protection. Mm -hmm. And when I say advanced threat protection, there's many different versions of advanced threat protection. <laughs> yes, there is. The one that yes, I'm talking is. about is Office 365 advanced threat protection. Which, but if I remember correctly, is $2 per user and right. is a very good investment. It's a very good investment. It's a very good investment. So I have anti-phishing policies I've got all of these other things that I can do. Um, I can do attack simulations. Yeah. I can do a lot of different things with that particular product for $2 per user per month. So um, that's where this stuff comes in. It comes in as a phishing attack, mm -hmm. right? It comes in as a phishing attack and a user types in their credentials to a uh, an HTML page or whatever that's fake. And mm -hmm. now the... You know, the perpetrator has their credentials and they log in in the background via PowerShell because it's enabled and they create a forwarding rule. And now they're watching that person's inbox mm. and they watch invoices or whatever else go across and and they just figure out the pattern and they figure out the timing. So I think those yeah. are some of the things that we can do um, from an exchange perspective. Yeah, you know, that, even without, all of that yeah, makes even, sense. Yeah, even without having uh, anything like a you know, advanced threat protection or anything like that. I mean, all this and, stuff is built into Exchange. And, and this is stuff that you don't, I mean, obviously the first thing you're going to do is turn everything on, right? Yep. You can you can go live before you do this stuff, even though we would say, no, no, really, you should do all of this stuff. If you really had to turn it on, turn it on, and then you can, you can start, you can apply these security yeah. methods on the fly. You don't have to have it in place. You're just you're just you're just increasing your risk at that point. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. No, okay. absolutely. Makes increasing sense. The risk. Yep. Okay. Yep. And you know, this is out on the internet. These endpoints are out on the internet, mm -hmm. right? And if they're open, somebody's gonna exploit them. I mean, uh, you know, you think about the the RDP protocol and all of that. For the longest time, there was a list of uh, <laughs> IP addresses that you could buy that had open. 3389 on the internet, you know, and that's how people were exploiting and getting into things. And, and yep. those, those bad actors are out there and they're selling this stuff, you know, for, yep. for, for pennies. Um, mm. and, and they're selling people's credentials and all kinds of other stuff too. So, yeah. you know, and there's some other things too that you can do, um, uh, with, uh, you know, Azure, you know, Azure AD, the Azure AD connect and password hash synchronization and, by having the credentials and all of that, you know, this is where kind of people say, hey, you know what, I don't like having my passwords in the cloud, but if you have your password in the cloud, then Microsoft can check, and it's not your password that's in the cloud, right? It's a hash of a hash, right. MD5 encrypted hash of a hash. <laughs> but if they have that, then their security teams and everything can go out and check the dark web to see if those credentials exist. Yep. If they do, then that becomes a risky sign-on. And some of the other things you can do too is you can have password ban lists. So yep. if I set up self-service password reset or something along those lines, right? And very easy, these things are very easy to set up. Set something like that up. 
and I type in a password like spring 2020, um, immediately that self-service password reset interface is going to say, wait a minute, you know, I'm not going to let you set that password. You're crazy. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, those are things or whatever that, that we just don't have on-prem that are available to us in the cloud. Yeah. Well, and, and one thing I would tell people in the past that I've, I've told people um, is go out to that Have I Been Pwned website, right? Yeah. And put That's in your email website. address and yeah. you'll discover how many places people have been, you know, that, that, that your, that your data has been breached from. And, yeah. you know, the, the best scary. thing you can do and, and it'll there and tell you and it's, what's really crazy is that I've been looking at some stuff where, you know, my corporate email, there's companies that I've never even talked to that got breached and my email was breached with it. And I'm like, what the heck, how did this happen? Yeah. You know, I never even worked with Apollo as an example. Right. Yeah. I don't even know who the heck Apollo is, but they had a breach in July of 2018 and my email, my corporate email was breached in that. So that's kind of crazy. Yeah. All right. So you've had your fun identity yep. MFA exchange. <laughs> I guess, I guess we'll flip it over to my side of the table to, so, so to speak. I know you do this stuff too and I do your stuff too. Right. But, um, yep. SharePoint and OneDrive, um, there are certain things that when I look at SharePoint and OneDrive that I tell people, Hey, you know, when you're launching, if you want to be safe, one of the first things you, I will tell people to do is turn off external sharing, right? Yeah. So external – look, sharing is really, really powerful in Office 365, okay? And you have a lot of controls over it. But when you're trying to get this done quickly, okay, just yeah. turn off external sharing. People yeah. can still take an email, right, and they can attach a, attach a file to it just like they always have, Okay, we'd love them to send it instead as a file share because it's it, it actually is more secure in a lot of ways because we have control yep. over it. But you know what? Until you're ready to figure out how you're going to handle things like guest users and sharing links and stuff like that, just just turn it off. Right. Yep. And once again, once once you once you're past the crisis, you can start thinking yep. about how you want to change that stuff. Um there's other things that 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 I've I've recommended organizations to go do is to go into, for example, um, the OneDrive administration console, and there's a there's a place in there where you can control the synchronization engine that exists in the old sync engine or the files on demand in Windows 10, and I tell people, hey, you should go out and you should only allow synchronization to domain joined PCs. Yeah. That's right? a great feature. So, you know, look, there's some there's some play people out there who don't do domain joined PCs. This won't help them. But if you're an organization where everybody's yeah. laptop is one that was part of their domain, okay, right. then you should go ahead and go get your 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 GUID for your for your domain, put it in there. And then what'll happen is when somebody takes their PC home, they can set up that synchronization or files on demand to work with their files naturally. Yeah. But if they instead open up their home desktop yeah. or something like that, it's not going to let them synchronize the files to it because you don't know if that computer's got BitLocker turned on and you don't know if it's secure and has virus sure. protection and all kinds of things like that. Yeah. Um, so, so well, the, it's a removal are, process too, right? The removal process is not as seamless as, as, yeah. as we'd like it to be. Sometimes well, it, it works, sometimes it doesn't. It, it, it can if you go through Intune enrollment, right? right. But that, that's much more complex. Yeah. And yeah. we're talking about what do you do when you when you've done it up when you've done it really quickly, right? 
And so turning off that synchronization is a good thing because that way people don't have files down that are on PCs that aren't yours. Yeah. Um, the, the external sharing, people are used to sending attachments already. Just let them do that for a little bit longer until you get your hand, your arms around it and understand it. Uh, the other one that a lot of people get really concerned about is um, by default, Microsoft lets everybody go out and create SharePoint sites, Office 65 groups, and Teams, right? Yep. And oh my goodness, I, every Scroll. conversation I have. I, well, okay. Well, look, I mean, it's not like you're going to run out of these things, okay? Yeah. Unless you're a massive organization, you're allowed to have 2 million site collections in Office 365 now, okay? That's insane. It is insane. It, it, it used to be a million. And they, they've upped it to 2 million now per tenant. So unless you have lots and lots and lots of employees, you're probably not going to run out of these things. And yeah. each employee is limited to 250 of them. Okay. Yeah. So that, that's a limiting factor as well. So you'd need to have a lot of people, like 100,000 employees, to, to run out of site collections. Yeah. However, it does lead to sprawl. And if people can go out and create groups and teams and SharePoint sites, they yeah. might inadvertently create them as public ones, right? Which yep. means everybody in the organization can see the data. You know, I, I, I had a client one time where somebody created an O365 group. They, they were thought they were being really smart by making it public because they wanted everybody to be able to get to in their, in their, in their group. And they didn't want to go through the process of adding everybody, right? Well, it was for HR benefits. Oh, wow. And unfortunately, they were sticking like some pretty sensitive stuff out there. Yeah. And we had to, you know, when, when somebody said, hey, we, we got to turn off search. And I'm like, what's wrong? And it's because they were seeing files in that area. So we quickly figured out what the problem was, flipped the switch and made it private, and everybody was happy again, right? Yeah. So one of the things that, that, that you know, we've mentioned in the past is you can set up, you, first off, you can turn it off so that only administrators can create and maybe yep. that's the way you start, okay? That's the easy, quick fix because you want to limit the number of teams and groups and SharePoint sites that are out there anyway to get started, okay? Yep. Funnel people into a few of them so that it makes sure – because adoption right now, uh, as my boss likes to say, adoption's going to happen. Employees don't have a choice. We're not trying to entice them to come and use this stuff. They, yeah. they're gonna, they have to use it. They have okay? to use it, right, yeah. So we're not as concerned about that. What we are more concerned about is that they're doing it the right way and they're doing it safely. So let's turn that stuff off. Eventually, what we can do is go out and create an AD group in Azure AD, and we can add people to it that can be allowed to go and create team sites and groups and SharePoint sites yep. on yeah. their own after they've had some training. And we're yep. confident that they know how to name it, you know, how to get rid of it, why they're creating yeah. it, things like that. So, so there's the the naming. You can do the naming standard stuff too, right? There's a, you, the way that you do the you naming can, standard. You can, but there's some there's some problems with it. If you do the naming standard, it applies to every site, team, or group. Okay. Universally, right? Got it. And sometimes I want my project sites to start out PRJ, right? And I want my yeah. I want my COPs, my communities of practice to start out COP, and sure. I may want you know you know a, I may want a department site to start out DPT and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. it's not as flexible. Um, so, but 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 you are right. You can do that, and it's not a bad it's not a bad thing. And you can do that through the GUI now in Azure AD console, which is pretty nice. Um, the only okay. thing that I 
that I tell people is um, don't allow guest access to teams, right? Until you're ready. Because if you turn on, and and one of the reasons is because when you turn on guest access, it's all or nothing. Every team can have guest access or no teams can have guest access. And that's allowing somebody from outside your organization to come in and be a member of your, uh, of that particular team. And that can be a problem. Um, right, so and, somebody in the team adding that external user um, to yes. that. Yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, and the and the other thing that I've seen that people might want to go out and check is in the Teams administration console, go look at your global meeting policy that's assigned everybody by default. And um, what you want to do is go into there and make sure that you aren't inadvertently allowing people to join um, meetings who aren't members of your organization, okay? There's uh, there's an automatically admit people setting, and it can be set to everyone, meaning even a non yeah. people outside your organization, they just automatically dump in, right? It's just like set, a lobby. Exactly, it sets yeah. up a virtual okay. lobby so that if, if when yeah. like you joined this 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 Teams call, right? It puts you in a lobby until I admitted you. We found with with um, Zoom as an example. We found that when you publicly put out that meeting invite, right, people who are bad actors will jump in there and can cause a lot of disruption. Um, and the other one to make sure that you turn off is don't let anonymous people start a meeting, right? And so what yeah. we're doing is we're limiting uh, people who aren't members of our organization from getting into the um, the particular policies and stuff like that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, when I ended up in the lobby, I thought you got promoted or something. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know about that, but, but uh, yeah, it, it's you know that is that's one of those things. So look, these are a number of pretty straightforward. Go in and flip a couple of switches, yeah. right? A few of the ones are a little bit more difficult, right? Um, you know, setting up EOP and ATP might be a little bit more difficult, but turning off external sharing. The, the synchronization, MFA, making sure that you're authenticating the way you want to authenticate, yep. no guest access. These are some things that you should go out. And if you haven't already done this yeah. to your brand new O365 tenant, go out and do these, sim- these simple things. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, and I think the team sprawl thing, you know, what, what's, what's interesting to me is to, to a point that defeats the purpose of the structure and everything that you – would want to have in teams, right? So don't let that get out of control on you too quick, right? Try and try and get a good handle on that because if you can structure the data and it makes good sense from an organization perspective, then I think you're going to get more people adopting it. People are going to better understand it. Um, th- those are the sort of things that I think um, uh, cause, you know, the, in, in the, and again, team sprawl, I mean, you're going to have it no matter what, I think. Um, but if you can control it to a degree, um, I think that really helps with the adoption side of the equation. Yeah. Um, it really does help with the adoption side of the equation. No, and, and, and you're right there. I mean, there are certain there are certain implementations of teams that will lead to lots and lots and lots of teams. I mean, where I'm at at Catapult, I'm, I'm a member of over 150 teams, okay? Yeah. That's a lot of teams. That's way too many teams, but it's that way because of how we've implemented teams from a permissions model, right? Yeah. To have a team for every customer, 
Okay. That's not, but that's, that's not most organizations. Most organizations are creating teams around departments, around work groups, things like that. And people aren't members of hundreds of those. They, they're a member of a couple of, a couple of those kind of core areas. And then maybe another dozen or so that are what I'll call extraneous activities, right? Communities of practice or centers of excellence or, or things like that. Right. You need to create yourself a favorite spot. I, you know, I, actually what I've done, by the way, is is I hide all my teams and I just look at them up alphabetically because oh, I've just got go. so many of them. It, it, and we use a very strict naming naming policy, so it makes them easy to find. And they're all yeah. grouped together, right? So so that's helpful uh, as well. Have you seen the Who Knows bot? I I do like the Who bot. The Who bot is awesome. The Who bot is the really Who bot cool. is really pretty. It's really pretty neat. So if yeah. I need to find out something about somebody, you can go in and it's an app yeah. that you have in the taskbar that you can click on, and then you can ask it questions about people. Yeah. Um, so hey, who has this skill? And it'll come back and say, oh, Brian right. has this skill, and yeah, you can see cool the stuff. organization and all kinds of things like that. It's actually really really neat. Um, Microsoft is doing a great job of embedding more and more stuff into teams like yeah. Yammer is now embedded into teams, which is kind of nice. Yeah. So I, I'm still a big Yammer fan, you know, and uh, I heard the, I heard they're doing something with a planner too. That's coming. I don't know if you heard that or not. I am, I am looking forward to some, to some of that stuff. And oh, you know, there's obviously the simple things like, you know, we now have custom backgrounds as you can see that I have. Right. Yep. Um, and we are going to have nine people in a, in the video of a meeting, uh, yeah. by the end by the end of of this next month it's 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 rolling out now and some people are already starting to see it yeah. so that's going to be nice as well and they're planning to get more than 9 uh they're just not quite i think they're tra- they're trying to get to 16 um wow. which is you know at that point the the pictures are so small right it's that's more it's, than the brady bunch yeah I, 9 is perfect because i i want my i want mine in the center cuz then i get to be alice <laughs> right. You know, and, and have eight people around me, um, which I think would be awesome because who wouldn't want to be Alice? I mean, she she kind of ran that family in a lot of ways. <laughs> All right. So it's it's time as we come to the end of another podcast to talk about that one more thing uh, that we're going to do. And, and we thought it would be great this time to kind of share a little bit of our work from home experiences uh, yeah. that we've had. So uh, I'll, I'll ask you, Brian, first, you know, how, how has been work, how's been, how has the work from home experience been for you and any funny stories you have to share? Yeah, it's, it's funny because, you know, I like being at home with the family. I definitely like being mm-hmm. here with the family. I can walk out, you know, I can, you know, bounce the, bounce the 11 year old around. I don't, well, I can't, I guess he <laughs> bounces me around at this point, but uh <laughs> Um, what's interesting is we all have headphones on. We walk yeah. through the house with headphones. We walk, <laughs> and I'm at, like walking by, you know, and my wife's got headphones on. She's watching some Netflix show or something. And my son's got headphones on because he's playing a game with his friends. And, you know, it's like, we're, we're, I don't know if we're communicating or what we're doing. And then, you know, I like, do I call my wife from my cell phone? You know, I, I like, uh, anyways, it's, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. kind of been my experience, you know, just walking around with headphones and being like, Hey, on the phone, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. They don't, they, they don't respect the red ring on the side of your headphones. Oh no, no, <laughs> that's never been the case. That's never been the case. Since he yeah. was two years old. It's funny. I, cause I, I, I worked from home for the longest time. And since he was two years old, when I actually started working from home, and he would come barreling through the house and just bang on the door. And that has not changed whatsoever. He, 
But barged in earlier asking me about the Minecraft server. I'm like, man, I don't have time to talk about the Minecraft server <laughs> right now. <laughs> we so, can talk about that later. <laughs> so a couple of my friends up in Kansas City, um, they actually, uh, uh, who else? No, somebody else did it first. I can't remember who it was right now in the SharePoint community. Uh, it it might have been Todd Clint. Um, they actually got the LED rope, and they got a red one and a green one, and they mounted oh, yeah. them around their door on the outside of their office door at home, nice. right? And then they they, they tied that into their presence. And so it would light up the red one um, if they were on That's a call a really and the green idea. one if they were available. Now, my problem is I don't have a, a room. Our, our house is very much open floor plan. And so there's one room downstairs and I'm in that one room, but I do have an activity light up above one of my monitors and, and the family's been, yeah. you know, they're, they're pretty good about seeing, hey, your light is red. Uh, and then, But if I'm not in a meeting, they get really mad. Hey, your light is red, but you're not on the phone right now. Why is that? And I'm like, uh, because I have focus time. <laughs> <laughs> focus time. Yeah. Um, I so think how the, about your experience? I think the 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 most the, the two most hilarious. And I, I I work for I worked from home a lot when I wasn't traveling, right? Because it, right. it just kind of made sense. Um, but I think the, the two things that have been very funny is you know number one I I, I refer to my family now as my coworkers. You know my wife is the CEO. Yeah. Um, my, uh, my, my, ha I have the 19 year old coworker and the 14 year old coworker. And, uh, and it's very funny. Like today I was on a phone, on a call with a client and the 14 year old coworker decided to go get ice from the ice machine, which is about 20 feet that direction. Okay. <laughs> and so he goes and hits the crushed ice it's <laughs> sound, you know, and I'm like, pardon me, the 14 year old coworker has decided that he yeah. wants to get some ice. And of course everybody chuckles and laughs about it. Cause guess what? We're all working from home right yeah. now. Everybody uh, the other one that is that is can be annoying is that with us all being home, our dog has become more protective than usual. She's already pretty protective anyway. Yeah. But, with our dog. you know, yeah. if a person walks down the street, if a if a plastic bag blows across our yard, she will just go <laughs> ballistic <laughs> and to protect us from such yeah. a terrible thing of whatever's going on. And she doesn't care. She can't even. I don't even think she can see the red or the green of my, of my, of my, of my activity light, much less be trained to be quiet in such a thing. So it is, um, she, she does want to go forth and sing the song of her people on regular, on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's it's, 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 it's cute to see dogs and, and, and how they, and how they react. I think our dog's probably going to lose his mind uh you know once we go back to work and everything because you can be like where's everybody at you know everybody was say, here for the longest the time the dogs all love this they're like oh my god you're oh home yeah all this is great yeah and the cats are like when are you going to leave yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm sick and tired of you being in my house kind yeah. of thing we've come to the end of yet another podcast and and yes. i want to thank you brian this has been this has been so overdue i have so missed hanging out with you even if it is you know only yeah. virtually like this and we're going to have to make sure we are a little bit more rigorous in getting these things done and hopefully this yeah. video podcast will entertain people as well uh, with my yeah. cool custom background yeah and, i'm going to have uh, to get a little more creative i didn't have a lot of time so i'll, that's okay. I'll get we'll, a little we'll, creative next time we'll give you a but pass I am this the, uh, the you know the the little bit of do that I have left, you know, that my wife. Uh, <laughs> yeah, my you got, you guys out. did miss my Corona beard that I had grown. It had gotten pretty nice before <laughs> the wife finally was like, I really hate that thing. And I was like, yeah, and it's pretty itchy yeah. and not as soft as I would like it to be. So I went ahead and, and shaved it off. 
But uh, hey, so last thing, remember, we are on Spotify. Look for the yep. Cloud Whispers. Thanks, we are on iTunes. Look for the Cloud Whispers. We are on Google Play. Look for the Cloud Whispers. We are on on uh, SoundCloud. Look for the Cloud Whispers, right? So go out there, uh, like us, subscribe us, comment to us. You can go at Cloud Whispers. Um, on Twitter, and if you have show ideas or anything like that that you want to hear about or questions, comments, concerns, praise, no no negative stuff, just only good stuff, right? Yeah, if you only good stuff. Give us a five-star rating. Stuff about me, just good stuff about Dave. Yeah, give us a five-star rating, you know, and that'd be great. If you're not going to give us a five-star rating, just don't give us a rating at all. See, yeah, <laughs> actually, just, just listen to the darn thing. I would be happy if we had, you know, 50 people listen yeah. to this darn thing, so... All righty, Brian. And subscribe and like and comments. I mean, those are huge. I mean, that 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 really, you know, lets us know where we're doing the things you guys want to hear. Um, if there's something that you want us to cover, we can. Um, there's a good mix of, uh, you know, of, of skill set here between David and I. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, please comment. Let us know what you want to hear about. All right. Well, until next this time. This has been great, David. Thank you so much. And and uh, it's been great getting the Cloud Whisperers back together again. And yep. I'm looking forward to many more many more sessions like this. Take care, everybody. We'll see you again soon. Bye. See you later.